it is so good to have you in the house on this resurrected Sunday oh it's such a good thing so good to be here my God I love this time of the year resurrection season is my favorite one of my favorite times of the year because you just take a moment to reflect about how real Jesus is I tell you as I was getting ready for this season of resurrection and Pentecost is on his way and I, I was just thinking about the sacrifice of Jesus and and I, it, it's becoming the more older I get the more understanding of you know what I claim to be truth is really the truth that it is something that I'm convinced about as I was going through this time and you know people they don't they don't really have value of God a lot of people like to play with uh, like to have a buffet of philosophies and they want to have a buffet of philosophy and they want to have a plethora of spirituality or whatever that might be they have new age philosophy that talks about energy crystals the whole nine yards oh the universe gives energy and back into the all of this stuff and the thing about it is is that we tend to go with that stuff not understanding that most of that stuff is ripped from the Bible and they just put another name on it that's the reality of the situation you know most people believe that this Bible is something that's mystical they believe that this Bible is mystical you don't understand how historic this Bible is you don't understand that not only is it history uh, unfolded to you of how the world began but it's also huh, prophecy that is still being played out in front of your eyes so the Bible has the universe summed up all in this thing it's beginning it's present and it's end. John the revelator said behold I saw a new heaven and a new earth Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you something tonight. This this thing that I hold in my hand, the real the what listen, listen, and I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna get into what I'm gonna this is all are centered around my message tonight. You don't understand that Christ was real and is real. So many people, like a DL Hughley or other folk of that same uh, philosophy, one of them believe that oh, there was a Jesus. Black Israelites want to believe there was a Jesus. He came from Egypt. All of this stuff, all lies. Even skeptics who are atheists and, agnost and agnostics will argue that thought. Who look at this word and critically look at it and study it. And all across the board, conservatives and liberals will tell you, but who are skeptics, who are New Testament skeptics will tell you Jesus is real will tell you that he's actually an historic figure that walked this earth, that he's not fake. And they get this whole Egypt thing from the very fact that the matter is, is when King Herod heard that this, there was a Messiah that was born, he wanted to kill every child. So what they did was Mary and Joseph got out of there and they went to Egypt. An angel of the Lord woke, uh, woke Joseph up and told him, get the, take the boy and go to Egypt. He was not from Egypt, he was from Nazareth. So all of this stuff, black this, all of that, that don't matter. 
It's all stuff added on and all this stuff. And it's a lot of things. The reason why people become confused of this is because people's preference. Their biases stands in the way from you knowing the truth. And then your mind is like, oh, I like this. I like that. I like this. But you don't think that this is all you need. That's the reality. Ladies and gentlemen, the truth of the whole thing is. Oh, hold on. I'll hold you there. Stay there with me. First Corinthians 15 verse 1 and 2 says, More, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the, the gospel which I preach to you, which also you receive and which you stand. By which also you have you, I mean, by which you are all you are saved, excuse me. If you hold fast that that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. Can I stop right there for a second? So our gospel, ladies and gentlemen, the gospel that we preach is Jesus' death, his burial, and his resurrection. I begin to study and I begin to do my own personal study about the historical nature of the resurrection. To begin to debunk to you uh, that the resurrection is not a myth. I really do not like when churches or people say the greatest story ever told because it's not a story. Right. It's an account. That's right. And it's a historical account that's given. Most of the times people want to use story and no, 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 no. I don't use story. Oh, based on a true story. Or ba inspired by a true story. No, this is not inspired by a true story. It actually happened. Yeah. You just weren't alive when it happened. But now you're reading about it in time. You were not hearing Martin Luther King live, but yet you believe the things that he experienced and he went through, even though you were not here at the present time. And that is what? History. Jesus walking this earth is history being unfolded to you. So you may know that he was the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. God himself decided to walk this earth through his son. Jesus is the visible manifestation of the invisible God. And guess what? God has tried his, oh my God, God has done everything in his power to have you understand this truth of who he is. God, there's nothing confusing about God. He lays it out right in front of you. There are still things that are mysteries that your mind and I cannot comprehend. But for the most part, God has laid it on a silver platter for you to believe. And he has left facts for you to believe. What's so amazing to me is that so many other religions can believe. And let's, let's, tear, let's try this Islamic faith. They can pray seven times a day. They can pray to a God that believes uh, his name is Allah. And you pray to a God that there's no factual evidence of a resurrection. But yet you pray. And I ask you, what do you pray to? Because he's dead. What has he done? What is the evidence that he is God? If he's God, why he can't pick himself up from the grave? Jesus said he was God, told you what he was going to do. He said, three days, I'm going to lay, uh, lay my body down, and I'm going to raise it back up. That's it. 
So what, what, why is the gospel so, why, what validates the gospel, ladies and gentlemen? There's two things that validates our gospel. One is Jesus' deity. Jesus' deity is one of being God. He is God. He's the true and living God. There is no other God. There is none. The rest of them were man-made. There is no other God. There's only one God. His name is Jesus. Jesus said he was God. How did he say that? Well, Jesus never said he never claimed that he was God. When he used the I am statements in the New Testament scriptures, the Jewish folk would have known that he was referring to himself as God because those are the same statements that God gave their precious Moses. So we celebrate resurrection because, number one, the deity of Jesus being God. Number two, we celebrate resurrection and what validates our gospel is that there is an empty tomb. Now, let's begin to deal with people's opposition with an empty tomb. First of all, this started sending shockwaves through the ancient world. Because people are wondering how in the world did this man get up? People are wondering, and it's still something to this day, why so many people all over the world still pause during this day is because you're still trying to figure out, is this whole thing truth? Because one thing that nobody, no matter what side you are, what side of thought you are on, everybody is starting to come to this conclusive idea that this, their resurrection has a lot of truth or facts behind it. But you say, Pastor B, if they have a lot of facts, why do people believe? It's like this, ladies and gentlemen. You go on a blind date. The girl has everything you ever looked for. Everything you ever want. But you don't want to marry it. You have all the facts. But you don't want to marry it. So people these days have an issue with commitment. They don't want to really commit or marry, even though it's all there. So I don't want to marry myself to an idea or marry myself or commit myself to that there Jesus is actually a God because then that now holds me accountable. So I don't want to do that. I want to still stay free and open with my dog. I, I'm going to keep dating her, but I'm not going to marry it. I'm going to keep bringing myself to her because she has a lot of curiosity with her, but I'm not going to marry it. Oh, my God. Are you seeing this? I'm going to keep dating Jesus and I want to get to know him. I'm going to go to school and study theology because that's what most atheists do anyway. And I'm going to critique the scriptures. But yet you come to all of these random ideas. But then you come to the real truth is maybe this thing is real. How in the world does Charles Darwin, who preached and was a heavy advocate of evolution, begin to come to the end of his life and say, maybe I got it wrong? Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. How in the world does people still argue an argue, idea that the man who founded it said, I don't think it's true? How you can look it for yourself, look it up for yourself. The very fact of the matter, how? Because you don't want to marry that this could actually be true. Maybe this is too good to be 
This is the Paul is saying to Corinthian church. This is the gospel that we preach. Hallelujah. That there is factual data that people have. Not only, not only because we have an empty tomb and not only do we have empty tomb, but we have eyewitnesses to it. And that's what, oh, well, you only have believers who are eyewitnesses. Let me go a little further. We also have non-believers who lived in that time that are eyewitnesses to the very fact of what was going on in Jerusalem at the time. Come here, Josephus. He was, oh, my God, he was a Jewish writer. And he, in his writings, he would begin to tell you about this, this man named Jesus and, and begin to tell you what was going on in that time. Come here, Tactus. He was also a Roman, oh my God, a Roman writer. And in that time, he would also write about this man Jesus and how the city was in an uproar because of what they heard. Yeah. Uh, see, people, they think that this is made up. That it's all fake, that we've done this. Oh, religion is a way, oh, the white man has used Christianity as a way to keep black people lose flesh. It existed way before that. It is not, listen here, you cannot blame God for wicked people who will take the scripture and pervert it to what they like. But then you say that there's no God. Hallelujah. You cannot blame God for people who will miscue what he's done and use it for their advantage. Because the gospel is liberation, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's why when the slaves finally read, they said, oh, you can't read no other books. But they messed up by giving them a Bible. And they begin to see how free they were. And begin to see who the son set free. He's free indeed. Hallelujah. And that's why we celebrate. This is the gospel that we preach. Hallelujah. I'm here to convince you of this gospel. I'm here to remind you of this gospel. When you start getting, oh my God, when you start getting side-checking your, ide uh, your ideologies, let me bring you back home to the base that Christ died, he, he was buried, and he rose again. And this is the only gospel there is. So Paul says here in his text, ladies and gentlemen, this is what you are saved. And he said, I want you to stand firm in this gospel. People want us to shake our foundation of what we believe. They want us to shake our foundation. People are offended because we say Jesus is the only God. Because you want us to accept all these other philosophies. They're, no, 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 no. Jesus is the only God because he's the only one who got facts. He got facts to prove what he's done. And you can go there and check it out for yourself. So in that time, the Jews begin to believe that maybe, just maybe, that the disciples went and stole Jesus' body. So they don't believe how in the world could the disciples go and steal a body when they were afraid what would happen to them. That's why they were scattered when Jesus got picked up in the garden, garden of Gethsemane. And because at the very fact of the matter, they were scared that if any man was rolling with Jesus, that's why Peter denied Jesus three times. Why in the world would a bunch of cowards go up to the tomb? They thought it was over. How in the world would they go? And how in the world could they even get past the Roman army who was guarding the tomb? These men were scattered. Somebody stole his body. You can't steal something that they were all over. They were scattered. They were nowhere to be found. 
So that shoots down one opposition. Here's the other thing that keeps the empty tomb from being a legend or a myth. In that time, a woman's witness was not credible. Well, Brandon, wouldn't that speak against your claim? No, it would not speak against my claim. Because if it was just, a, if it was, a, this is why Jesus chose two women. That's why God, excuse me, that's why God set it up for two women. And then uh, the go to the tomb and the angel of the Lord tell them he's not here. Go tell the rest of the disciples because they were discouraged. They were hurt. Who they thought was the Messiah, they thought it was over. So he told them to go encourage them. Why is this significant? Because then it would take it away from a man being able to a man being able to put it as as if it was a myth or that if it was a legend because um, a legend or it's a legend. And so what happens is, is that these two women witnesses start being credible because wait a minute, no man would actually say that. The two women's witness right there begins to now make this out of the make now turns this out of being a legend or a myth now to being something that could be possibly true. Yeah. Then you move from oh oh okay here's here's the other thing the Jews believed that the tomb was empty. That's why they begin to change the story by trying to say somebody stole the body. How in the world is somebody going to roll as big of a rock that is yeah. off of there and then steal the body out and, and you had it tightly guarded? So there's, so there's an empty tomb and then it goes far as there's accounts of the witness of seeing the bodily resurrection of Jesus. Oh, no, 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 no. Here's the other opposition. Maybe they were hallucinating. They couldn't have seen him. It was a hallucination. You can't hallucinate a physical body. You can't, it can't be a hallucination when the scriptures tells us that Jesus was eating with the, eating with the apostles. If they were hallucinating, and if, it, if he just came back in a spirit form, how could he be able to eat with them? Uh -uh. The Bible said Jesus told Thomas, come here and touch my scars. Put your hands there. Put your hands there. Put, them, put your hands where they, nailed my, where they nailed me, right here. And Thomas, who went from doubting, started believing, like, wait a minute. This is you. Jesus says to him, blessed are those who have not seen, but yet believe. Are you hearing me tonight? Am I making a case to show you how factual the resurrection is? So if we have all of these facts, let's go further. Verse 3. Verse 3. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Verse 5. And it begins to continue to say, and that he was seen by Cephas, which is Peter, then by the twelve. After that, he was seen over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to, to the present, but some have fallen asleep. Let's go to verse 7. Verse 7 then tells us, after that, he was seen by James, which is his half-brother, then by all the apostles. 
Then last of all, he was seen by me also by one born out of due time. Listen, so Paul then goes on to say what then validates our gospel is because you did have eyewitnesses. Eyewitnesses who can hold up in court (laughs) if they were tried. What makes it one more one? Jesus goes to a Peter who was in shame and condemnation to show himself to Peter and to love Peter back into the fold. Then he goes from Peter and then shows himself to the apostles and lets him know this is me. This is who I am. Matter of fact, oh my God, he, he shows himself to them, to them. And not only does he show himself to them, but then he, the Bible says for 40 days in Acts, right. he showed infallible proofs of his resurrection. For 40 days, he spent time. You want to know what the word 40 is? And the number 40 means trial. Could be trial. So I'm going to tell you that Jesus put him on self on trial. To show you proof as a testament of what I said, I did, I actually did. So he moved from there and it says, oh, 500 brethren. Normally it wasn't just 500 there. That's what 500 is you just see in that present. But there was more that was, uh, according to some theologians, there was more that was present there at the time. So then you move forward, and then he says, then, then Paul says, then he revealed himself to his brother, his half-brother James. This is very significant because James, his brother, did not believe in him. Here is amazing to me that they had the Messiah as their brother, but they didn't even believe that their, their brother was actually the Messiah. That means that you can be in a house full of folk and they, and you can be the one going to church, but yet they still don't believe, even though you're a testimony of what God can do through you. All right. All right. So he reveals himself to James, his half-brother, and his half-brother sees him and say, okay, he, he's actually the real thing. Matter of fact, he comes to salvation after the fact. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He came to salvation after the fact. And then he goes further and then he says he revealed himself to Paul. Why is this also significant, ladies and gentlemen? This is significant for this very reason. Because, oh my God, atheists who are skeptics and agnostics who are skeptics and they are the scholar ones, they they will go with Paul. They like Paul. They will accept Paul's six books of the Bible in the New Testament. And so even the skeptics who, 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 who look at the New Testament and they, they really criticize and look at it, they will accept that Paul out of all of the rest of the apostles because they say that Paul is more scholarly. They like Paul. They like what he does. They like what he says. That speaks more to their theology. And, and, and it's so if you can believe what Paul is saying, and Paul said, I've seen him, then something has to tell you what caused a change in Paul's life for him to go to someone who was on the far left, someone who was a Pharisee, someone who was a part of the Sanhedrin, and carrying out, oh my God, and carrying out death threats that they gave him permission to do, 
because they were trying to stop this movement. They were trying to stop this spread of the gospel. They were trying to they were trying to stop this truth from getting out so people can be on. Oh my God! Because it was messing up business for them. Because again, the scriptures and the gospel comes to liberate. Ladies and gentlemen, Paul, how does Paul's life radically change? Because he saw Jesus. He said, even I seen him. He came to me. How do I know this? Acts chapter 9 on Damascus Road while he was going to do more harm. Jesus came and appeared to him. He said, Saul, Saul, why art thou persecuting me? Oh my God. Hallelujah in this room. Ladies and gentlemen, even Paul is saying that I can testify and validate it because I seen him for myself. And guess what? Not only Paul can validate it, but some of you in this room can validate the very fact of the matter that this Jesus is real because he revealed himself to you and if he didn't reveal himself to you you wouldn't be saved you wouldn't be redeemed but something happened i don't care what you were doing you met god along the way and while meeting god along the way something changed so this gospel gotta be real what will cause you to come out of darkness and then accept this truth because you are half the same I talked to this one man, he was on the streets. He told me, I told him, he said, the only thing that would get me off the streets, I said, if Jesus, if you reveal yourself to me, I'll come off the streets. And he said, if you be God, you will do a work in me. And he came up off of it. And from this day, he's been serving God. How does a man come from that? Is because of the very fact of the matter is they have tangible evidence that there is a God. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's just not any old God. It is Jesus. And Paul saw Jesus in front of him and he began to speak with him and he saw him in his bodily form. How do you think he believes? And it takes faith to believe. You can't believe without faith. The just shall live by faith. You can't live by sight with God. Oh, I can't physically see him, but I can physically feel him. Oh, my God. Has anybody been through a tough time? And then you have this, this sensation that comes upon you. And you can't believe, you can't really tell what it is. You're saying, what in the world is this? What is this I'm feeling here? Why, what is this? What is this? This feels like something is hugging me. It's, oh my God, it's the presence of God meeting you at your knee. God's hands are not too, no, my God, not too small that his arms can't stretch and pick you up from where you are. This is the gospel uh, that we preach. This is very important tonight because if you're not convinced of this gospel, your life will never be saved. If you're not convinced of this gospel, you will not receive the benefits that it has to offer. If you're not convinced of this gospel, you will not know who you are and walk in the confidence of who you are in Christ. It is the gospel that is the, oh my God, for I am not ashamed of the gospel because unto it is the power of salvation. 
It is the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the good news that we talk about. Yeah, there's a lot of good news, but this is the good news that you, oh my God, the very good news is no longer do you have to be in destruction. Now you can be on God's winning team. Now you can be redeemed. This is the good news that we preach. No longer are your sins counted against you. This is the gospel that we preach. Look at somebody say, this is the gospel that we preach. There's factual evidence. There's eyewitnesses that can account and tell you Jesus got up in this room. And oh my God, there's a, there's a, let me tell you something. I am a witness that Jesus got up because of, because if he got up, that means I also have this eternal life. This is the gospel that we preach. And so he reveals himself to them. And that's why Jesus didn't automatically ascend. This is very important. He didn't automatically ascend because he had to show people and he had to tell them that I am God. I am risen. So Brandon, you tell me of all of this historical stuff. You're telling me of this factual data that's there. Let me tell you something. There's so much proof of the, it don't care how minimal it is. There's proof of this resurrection of the risen Lord. And I find it so hard while we can believe so many other things and there's no concrete facts that could back it up. No matter how hard the opposition tries to come and knock out the gospel and try to discredit our gospel, you can't discredit it because there's still too much facts that are overwhelming over your opposition. No matter how hard you try to knock it, there's still too much alarming facts. If somebody, if somebody said that the bones were stolen, then you would have to find out where. They've been trying to find the bones of Jesus and make these, oh my God, crazy claims that they found him. You don't have his bones. They try to say, oh, the tomb was in the wrong place. No, it wasn't. We want to make up all of this stuff because you don't want to marry the idea that this could possibly be the truth. <laughs> but what does this mean for you? Because he's the reigning king. That means you can also reign with him. Because he's the reigning king. He is now responsible, oh my God, to govern you. And being under, oh my God, he said, we've received, we were adoption, we, we've received this adoption as sons and daughters. Therefore, we cry, Abba, Father. You know, when you are adopted, that means he now becomes your heavenly father. Then there means he's now responsible to take care of every need that you have. That's why Jesus said, don't worry about what you should eat or drink. Hallelujah. If I can take care of the birds of the air, if I can take care of the trees, surely I can take care of you. And the very fact of the matter is you get so caught up over this and that. And God saying, what you worried for? What you, I am the reigning king. Don't you understand that no longer, oh my God, no longer. The, the other reason why this is so important that he reigns is now he sits on the right hand of the father and he just doesn't sit there but he makes intercession for you and here's another reason why it's important for us is because if he doesn't reign then there would be no holy spirit 
and there would be no Holy Spirit to testify of who Jesus is and what he has done because you only your eyes become open through the holy spirit and with the holy spirit now you have him on the inside of you the holy spirit is not an it it is a he is a person he's a person that lives on the inside of you it is god in us he is god in us he is god in you and because he is god in you there is no defeat in me there is no low self-esteem in me there is no depression in me because I have the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You got to know my God. You got to know who you are in Christ. You got to know what you have. He is the Holy Spirit. He is the power that is in us. Hallelujah. That dunamis power that is on in the inside of us. That can conquer any mountain. That can take over anything. You want to know why? Because it's the Spirit of God that empowers you. He is the reigning king. He is the reigning king. And so this is what confuses me as believers. You and I, I'm not saying everything's perfect in your life. I'm not going to tell you that everything is going to be great. I'm not going to tell you that everything is going to be roses. And life is just going to be so perfect for you. No, I'm not going to tell you that. Because Jesus didn't tell you that. Jesus said in this life, you will have trouble. But take heart, for I have overcome. And this is the gospel that we preach. It's the gospel under salvation. That no matter if I'm in the fire, God can deliver me out of the fire. God will deliver them out of the troubles of them all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why is this important? Why is this important for me? For my afflictions are like light. It's yet a light of affliction, but it doesn't compare to what I shall glory and what I shall be. Because when it's all said and done, in a twinkling in the eye, I shall be caught up to be with him. That means that no longer does the death has power over me, but now I have eternal life. And this body, when I this body will put on immortality oh my god and take off mortality and i'll live and reign with christ why is this important to me that's why i'll preach it to the day i die that's why i'll preach it and put it up against anything you got you want to know why because there's a proof is in the pudding and guess what when it's all said and done there's going to be a lot of people eating humble pie to realize that everything i was saying was the truth if i was a betting man i'll put my money on jesus any time of the week What do you got? What do you got? Why do you serve God? Why, why do I not serve God? The proof is in the pudding. Why do I not give my life to Christ? The proof is there. So reigning king. He reigns forever. And that means I can also reign forever with him. What do you, oh my God? I just don't understand. I don't understand. 
I don't understand if God's undefeated and we get so worried. I'm talking about myself too. Oh, Brandon, I don't know what to do. I'm so confused. I need this. I need that. Listen, Brandon, you need to chill out. I got it all control. Hallelujah. I own a cattle over a thousand hills. It really doesn't matter. Let me tell you something. You just need to have faith. You just need to have courage. You need to have faith aside to the mustard seed because you, because I reign, you can speak those things as though that's not as though they are into existence. That's the type of power you have. You got authority because I got a name that's above any other name. And when you use that name, demons tremble. When you use that name, your co-workers gotta act right. Your manager gotta act right. Doors that are closed gotta open because I got a name that's a reigning name and trumps any type of name you can use. I don't care about your ancestors of the land. I don't care about your weed. I don't care about your little sparkling cubes. Y'all care about whatever you got. I don't care about your mediums. I don't care about you psychics. I don't care about any of that crap. It's all junk. It's all demonic. But the one thing I'm sure about is that, oh my God, they want to take and steal from what this gospel is. But I tell you the truth, Jesus is the only thing that you need. Because at the end of the day, when you go to all them psychics and mediums, you talking to demons. But at the very fact of the matter, when I talk to Christ, I'm talking to God. And God hears me. The Bible says that he inclines my, his ear to my ear. At the end of the day, the facts are the facts. And you can't change the facts because it's right there. Look at somebody say he reigns. He reigns at the end of the day. When it comes down to it, you can believe what you want to believe. And I'm going to believe what I'm going to believe. And I will preach this hard until you become convinced that Jesus is the Lord. That Jesus said he is who he said he is. And there's nobody like him. And if you try my God, if your God is dead, come and try mine. Because I'm going to tell you at the end of the day, God will not disappoint the Bible says that this hope will not be disappointed and guess what I ain't been disappointed yet and I'll never be disappointed and you want to know why because the Bible then says that oh my gosh hallelujah the Bible then says I've never seen the righteous forsaken no it's she begging for prayer guess what I got everything on me stand to your feet Stand to your feet, give God a praise right there. Say this is the gospel that you preach. Christ died, Christ buried, Christ rose again. Guess what? Did somebody say the facts are there? The facts are there. It's up to you to believe it or not. In my study time, Jesus has become even more real to me because it amazes me how there's so many proponents. But yet the facts are there. You want to know why most people believe, don't believe Christ? Don't believe God? You want to know why? 90% will say, no, about 80%, excuse me. It's not a theological reason why people don't believe God. It's more emotional than what it is theological. Because you were disappointed that some loved one didn't get up. Some tragedy in your 
household and say God is a phony God is fake most of the time people don't believe God because whatever they were praying for didn't happen and now you curse God and say he's not real and it's all emotional and you develop this hatred for God and say this Bible cannot be true all over one instance ladies and gentlemen if you don't give your heart to God and even with certain things certain things God allows and then other things you have to understand ladies and gentlemen just because God allow it don't mean that he's not God he's still God here's the other thing I'll tell you because then that downplays his sovereignty then here's the other thing I'll tell you ladies and gentlemen it's not everything, everything is not to be blamed on God. Because there is a wicked person that runs around. His name is the devil. He is the deceiver. He's been lying since the beginning as the scripture says. And guess what? He has wicked people too. Why people are taken out of the world through gun violence so quickly. It's not because of God. It's because they were influenced by the devil to make a decision to take someone's life out of because of anger. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the fruit of the enemy. Hatred, malice, envy, all of that are fruits of the, en of, uh, uh, of the enemy. That's not God. God does not do that. So God gets blamed for a lot of stuff that he didn't even do. And then you say, I hate him. He's not real. He took my dad out of here. You know, I understand that sometimes God answers your, because most of the time, every time God answers your prayer, there's two ways God can heal the person. There's two ways God can heal a person. God could heal them by giving them the ultimate healing by then taking them with him. Or God can heal them right now physically here on the earth. There's two ways God could heal. I pray for my grandfather to be healed. But yet he, he, he got the prayer that needed. He didn't need it. He didn't need to be here anymore suffering. God answered my prayer. But if you don't see it that way, you'll feel as though God ain't real. I hate him. Oh, I got into this relationship. I thought he was the one. I thought she was the one. I asked God, oh, this is going to happen. And then it just ripped my heart out on under me. I hate you, God. You should never gave me him in the first place or her in the first place. I don't like you. I'm very serious. There's people I've heard stories of this. It's a real thing. It actually happened. I said, my God. I hate you, God. And then when God brings you some, oh God, I love you again. Come on, man. Like, come on, man. I now become a, I've now become an atheist. There's other people in life has miscarried, had so many miscarriages, and he's like, what in the world, why God would you put me through this? I hate you, I'm an atheist. I'll tell you a story of this, this couple that were once pastors, and all of a sudden, it's on Christian Post, that because they had miscarriages, they like, I was praying, I was praying, oh, God ain't real, so what I was singing wasn't real in the first place, what I believe wasn't real in the first place, I have these miscarriages, and now I'm an atheist. I don't believe in the church anymore. This is real stuff. This is real, this is real stuff. But yet, I don't believe. 
but yet you have these miscarriages and then later on you actually do have a kid and then now you're still an atheist. How does that happen? Are you hearing me tonight? You can become an atheist and don't take away from the facts. You can become an agnostic and still don't take away from the facts. He's still God. No matter what your love and hate relationship is with God. Are you hearing me tonight? He reigns forevermore. And you can also experience this tonight. So I tell you, if you're not saved tonight and you've heard all of the facts I've laid before you, if you don't believe me, you can search it for yourself. You can read books. I've read them. You'll come to the same conclusion. If you don't, it's because you don't want to. There's no, there's no, mis, there's no misconceptions here. Oh, the Bible's missing certain gospels. They didn't want us to know this. They didn't want us to know that. Jesus had a wife. All lies. All jokes to take you away from what the true meaning of the gospel is. They didn't make it because they were second, second-hand accounts. Every person in the New Testament are first-hand accounts. They walk with the man. And what makes, what makes Paul different from Clement is that he saw Jesus. And, that, and, and Jesus is the one who taught him the gospel. Galatians chapter 1 will tell you that. He said, if any person, Galatians chapter 1 will say, if any person comes to you saying anything else, they're preaching another gospel to you. That is not Jesus Christ crucified, buried, and rose again. That's the reality of this. So if you're not saved, I offer you Jesus Christ in the room tonight. I promise you, there's only two places you can go, heaven or hell. I don't care what people think, God will never send anybody to hell. That's right, he doesn't. You send yourself to hell. Wanna know how you send yourself to hell? It takes, it takes a lot of work to send yourself there. God gives you a lot of grace, he gives you a lot of mercy, he puts people in front of you, tells you, to, tells you about them. You gotta get through you gotta get through a whole lot for you to get there. That's sad. There's two places. What amazes me, I'm not coming for the man at all, but what amazes me is that most people who never believed in God, when Nipsey Hustle, the rapper Nipsey Hustle died, everybody in their mother was like, oh, he's going to heaven. He's this. Oh, Jesus, you know, he was our Jesus. How could you even compare him to a man that you don't even believe is real? But yet. So I tell you, there's two places you can go. Oh, Christians tell you about hell so they can control you. No, Jesus told you there's two places you can go. The God, God himself told you because he was there in the beginning. There's two places, heaven or hell. If you choose salvation today, you spend eternal life. He said, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Then you say, Pastor B, I'm already saved, but I really want to rededicate my life to Christ. I want to come back in. That's available for you as well. Then you say to yourself, you say, Pastor Brandon, I like what you got going on at TCF. I want to become a partner. I want to join this movement. You can also do that as well. It is available for you too. Look at somebody and ask them seriously, are you saved? Do you got a relationship with Christ? I don't want to hear that your grandmother told you about God. I don't want to hear none of that. Did you accept them when she told you? You're not saved based upon nobody else. You got to work out your own salvation in fear and trembling. Amen. Come on, give God a praise in this room tonight. It's offering time in the house.